0: Farming Banker Podcast. My name is Jeremy Dutch. I am the Farming Banker. I'm a commercial and agricultural lender for German American State Bank. I'm a member of Dutch Farms, a row crop operation that custom feeds hogs. I've got a ag washing business uh, and a uh, part-time football coach as well. So what you can find on this podcast is pretty much anything across the board that uh, maybe revolves around agriculture, banking, washing, and or maybe a little bit of football. Uh, From this point going forward, I am actually going to be recording a lot of my podcasts through YouTube uh, with some slideshows. On this podcast, you'll see some audio version of that. If you'd like to see the video that encompasses some of the slides and everything else, please visit my YouTube channel. It's uh, Jeremy Dutch, uh, the Farming Banker. I'm going to put the uh, link to that on the main page of this Podbean app um, in my homepage and embed it into the episodes as well if you'd like to go see that. Um, if you'd like to be on the show or you have any questions for The Farming Banker, please reach out to me. I am on all social media platforms under The Farming Banker or Farming Banker. Uh, otherwise, you can reach me via email at jeremy at Enjoy the show. Hey, hey, Jeremy Dutch, Farming Banker. Just want to thank Allendale for uh, bringing me on again. It is uh, about uh, third, fourth week, fourth week, maybe fourth week in July, I believe. Um, It is, I think, five weeks uh, in July this time. So we're looking around the 20th of July when I've recorded this. It's a tad later than I wanted to, so I apologize to Allendale, but the interest rate world is going crazy. So, um, I wanted to bring the most relevant information as I possibly could. So, here we go. Um, Just a little kickoff about me. Obviously, uh, Allendale's had me on a couple of times. I'm really excited about that. I am uh, an ag lender uh, for German American State Bank. I'm also a farmer. Um, And so, I've created a website called uh, farmingbanker.com. You can see it right here. You can go uh, learn uh, more about me uh, at this website. There's a link to um, uh, the podcast that I put on, there's a link to our farming, uh, website, uh, my family, um, if you look here, kind of things that are important to me, obviously is the farm and the family. And, uh, so you can see my, uh, my wife, my two boys, uh, my oldest is just off the college. My youngest is just driving, which is why I've got more gray right now here than I do in that picture. So, uh, we manage, uh, the, the hog operation of our, our business and, um, the, a new ag wash part of our business where we're washing hog farms, equipment, uh, sheds, things of that sort. Um, and then I'm also uh, a partner in our row crop business. Um, so when I'm not doing ag lending, I'm doing farming um, and trying to catch a, a, a little bit of time with the family as well. that's important to me. So um, Allendale's talked, uh, wanted me to talk a little bit about interest rates, um, where they're going, where things are at. Uh, back in January, when I did the, uh, the the recording for the um, uh, for the for the winter conference, I I, I basically went through our five step system to protecting your farm legacy. If you haven't seen that, I don't know if you, there's a way you can still get access to it. Um, but uh, not a bad uh, little bit of information to be thinking about. Is is obviously we're in a transition, but. In January, I said, uh, you know, here's what's on my radar. I think I actually recorded that on around the 20th or so of January as well. And so um, in January, what I said was on my radar was cash rents, supply chain issues, input costs, interest rates, inflation, and then capital expenditure. So, you know, the need to replace equipment or, or buy any new equipment. All of that really kind of wrapped into this, you know, what does it look like post-COVID world? What does it look like with you know the the threat of increasing interest rates? Um, what does it look like with you know potential uh, war with Ukraine, which ended up a- actually happening? So there, you know, so we had some swing factors that put some of this more in light. But I would I would really say that overall, I, I think all of these things are still on our radar. Um, all of these things are things that we as 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 farmers, bankers, you know, anybody in the ag industry, we we certainly have to pay attention to. So. Uh, My segment today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about interest rates. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how the bank values, uh, or I'm sorry, how the bank um, looks at um, and evaluates uh, a farm operation, how interest rates affect that. I'm going to give you just a little bit of tidbits of how I think you can use finance to still... um, you know, look at opportunities still, you know, reduce costs. Um, and then I want to put in perspective, you know, interest rates as a whole um, to what your overall budget is. And so that's kind of what the agenda is. Um, again, everything we talked about or I talked about in January, I think still applies today, um, but we're just going to give a, a little bit more of focus on the interest rates. Um, and so I, I had this slide in here. Um, from a, a a conference that, that German American did um, that we put out early, um, early June actually is when it came out, and so I just wanted to you know talk about land values, interest rates, um, and, and give some context. This chart is new. This is new as of about mid week this week, so somewhere around the 18th. And we what but what, what what's going on with interest rates is really kind of you know, I, I, it's kind of crazy. And so I did not put a three-year timeline. So here's what we've got. We've got the the one month interest. Uh, This is all on the uh, treasuries. We've got the one month in green. We've got the 10 year in blue and in this orange, orangish tan color one right here, that's the five year. And so ahead of, um, you know, 2021, uh, when we were talking about interest rates rising, we were seeing these, uh, all of these rate curves right in this area, this 10 year, this five year, all above the the one month and three year and one year. What we're seeing today is we're starting to see um, this inversion again. Um, And it actually happened, uh, I believe, right after the 4th of July, where the 10 year rate Ended up getting lower than the five-year rate, and obviously the and then the the five-year followed um, as well um, around you know just a little bit earlier um, and came down below uh, the, these this thirty-day uh, money, which isn't always it, it's not always a, a bad sign, but when we start seeing these come below the three-year, the one-year, um, and and that type of stuff, those those are leading indicators that you know, potentially uh, a recession's on the horizon, it, you know, rates potentially are coming back down. So we're in this weird time frame, And this has all just happened here in the last week and a half, which is why, um, Allendale, I apologize to you guys that, that I didn't get all of this together. I wanted to just see how this was all going to flush out. Nobody really knows, you know, currently here, if, how this flushes out. But We've got a strange situation where we're coming off post-COVID, we're coming off a lot of, um, you know, a lot of big balance sheets with the, you know, with printing money, COVID um, relief, all of these things that heated up inflation, and so we've got the Fed who's trying to curb and, and fight this inflation on the short-term basis, uh, but we've got the market, you know, kind of indicating that a re- recession's on the horizon and, and that that. You know, long-term rates uh, seek to, to to come back down, and so, you know, I kind of am looking at this in in in, in a kind of a two-prong system, and that is, you know, what do you do on the, um, you know, on the operating side? What do you do on the the, the uh, uh, term debt side? Um, how do you you know enter into uh, you know new equipment? You know, where where are we looking at, and, and how to skin that cat because those you know, as we as of right now, they're still talking about another you know potential you know one percent in fed funds so it it appears to me based on everything that we're getting indications is that you know this rate here is going to continue to to go upwards until they believe that re- that inflation is has been curbed. And I think that we're going to see continued pressure in this five and in ten year rate to see where it really wants to go. Do we really have a recession on the horizon and and this is, you know, kind of going to start to continue. If you were to bring this out, fall back down, or you know, are we going to level off and and flatten out? You know, slightly higher. So, I think in the short term, you know, as far as interest rates, you know, something to take away. I think in the short term, we've got a lot of volatility. Obviously, you can see this. Um, you know, you can see in just the last month. You know, let's just look at a thirty-day picture where rates have gone in the last thirty days. You know, you can see this right up in here. In June, we had the 10-year that was higher. Uh, we had the five-year that was lagging below. We had the short-term rates here. And now you can see we really hit inversion um, with, with some of this uh, roughly around that uh, beginning of July, uh, July 4th timeframe and, and where it's at. So th- this shows a little bit of uncertainty, not only on the short-term, but on the long-term side too. So we've got a little bit of you know volatility in the interest rate. So I guess in the short side of it, You know, is this inversion correct where we're gonna see a recession on the on the horizon? Um and and then knowing that you know a lot of the times if if there's a recession um in the in the equity market um usually struggles, you know, that, that kind of is 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 in the past set up for a potential ag boom. And so you know, I guess I look at it this way. Um, you know, we, we've got to obviously manage risk. We've got to do the best we can. We've got some short-term volatility. We don't know where things are going to go. Uh, if we do hit a recession, does that set up, um, you know, more investor money, more more um, interest in into hard tangible and uh, you know commodities? Uh, do we get some supply chain things, um, you know, ironed out, or are we still going to have some of that issue along with, you know, obviously the unrest and Overseas and and in our own, you know, just supply chain with with agricultural products. All of these things, you know, I, I I'm kind of looking at it, saying that if 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 we hit a if we hit a recession, we don't have any resolve. Um, you know, in in commodity prices stay you know fairly high. You know, we, we could be set up for you know some long term um, you know potential ag boom. You know, there's a lot of different things that could could kind of come in and stifle that. So. That's a little bit of my own market take on interest rates and where we're going. You know, obviously, back back in June, I would have said, "Hey, you know, these interest rates as they rise, um, we usually see a decline in, in uh, land values." And I bring this up because I think it's relevant to, um, you know, last, you know, I shouldn't say last year, but you know, as we turn the the calendar to twenty twenty two. We were predicted with higher interest rates, and, and you see this land values are up twenty two percent. Land rents, uh, uh, land rents were up eleven percent. I think that's more of an indication of, um, you know, really where, you know, where, a, where farmers are, are comfortable, where investors are comfortable with some of these, you know, perceived increased margins. Uh, as input costs get up, um, kind of up to speed as to where you know the, the corn and soybean prices and everything else are those, those margins shrink, you know, I'd be interested to see kind of where these land values really shake up, but I know that there's a lot of investor money. I know there's a lot, you know, farmers with, you know, um, prices have got some good working capital. Um, there's been a lot of healing that has happened. So there's there's a lot of interest in, in, in owning some land. And so, you know, I think that's kind of the swing factor that's going to, you know, hold maybe these land values or at least keep them a little on the hotter side than, than seeing a, a major decline. But, you know, again, a lot of things that, that could come into play with that. So, my next slide uh, slide here is this, you know, interest rate plan. And you know, one of the things that that, that you know, as I go through some of this, I want to switch over and just show you guys, um, you know, kind of a the, the bank's view on things. Um, Allendale asked me to look at that side of it, and I, I just put some things in perspective. But before I do that, <clears throat> I just want to talk about you know my, you know where my my headspace is with an interest rate plan, and so. You know, how how do we mitigate the short term and long-term risk? I, I I think that is is where we're really at right now. We've got this inversion, we've got some things that are going on, we've got leaning indicators that, that potentially are talking about, you know, um, rate increases on uh, in the short term, you know, the market's kind of indicating a decline. So we need to mitigate both sides of this best we can, invest on you know, how your operation is. And so I I I'm, I'm going to flip over to an Excel spreadsheet and try not to be super boring. But before we do, you know, I, I think our headspace is we need to analyze, you know, how on the term debt, where are the adjustment periods? Do you have any adjustment periods? Are you in a five-year balloon? Are you in a 10-year balloon? Um, are you in, in a 10-year adjustable? You know, How soon does that reprice and then what risk does that bring to you? Um and when that does reprice, where's, where's the best avenue to go? Is it to go back into long-term rates? Is it you know shorter-term rates ride this thing out? You know, I guess that's a couple different ways to look at this. Um, analyze your working capital and your operating borrowing needs. Um, you know, I, I bring this up because, you know, as you see in the next slide, we're going to see where a bulk of our expenses are. And I think you can utilize working capital and borrowing needs to be able to uh, get a little bit better discounts or timely um, purchases on some of this stuff. Uh, if you analyze your capital replacement needs and new cost of ownership, you know, one of the things I'm looking at on this is really machinery. You know, if you had to buy a new combine today, what what's our cost of that? You know, we've got uh, obviously costs are going up from just a, um, you know, uh, a, a, an inflation, I guess, type, you know, look as it, uh, at it, um, but we've also got higher rates probably than what you did two years ago, when, or three years ago, four years ago, if you bought a combine. So let's just evaluate, you know, when is is, is this because it's worn out? Um, is this because you just want new paint, you need to, you know, shelter some tax, or is this something that, you know, you're just the neighbors doing, um, and so you want to do it as well? You know, I, I think we need to be a little bit more careful as to, you know, some of our operating um, machinery, um, you know, our machinery and such, just to figure out where that cost of ownership is. And then analyze, you know, in with this is analyze your growth plan and expansion. You know, are, are you looking to pick up more acres? If you are, and we do know land rents are up, and how does that affect this uh, replacement? How does that affect your ability to borrow, um, you know, some of your 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 operating? And then, you know, how does that affect, uh, you know, some of the debt that you currently have that reprices? So all four of these need to be kind of top of mind as we're making strategic, tr- excuse me, strategic decisions um, over the next few months before we ride the year out. So I'm going to switch over to this. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I've created internally. So for Allendale, to ask me, how does the bank evaluate a farmer's business, look at interest rates, you know, that type of stuff? This has given you kind of inside information as to what we're looking at Um, and so I just want to explain it real quick and I'll get right to the nuts and bolts and not try to keep it so dry. So um, this is really what I'm trying to do here is just get an idea of a line size versus your total guarantees uh, based on a crop insurance and then for um, uh, you know the the University of Illinois um, farmdocdaily.com you know puts together some budgets and and this is a little mix of the current budgets, and then this is some stuff that I've thrown in as well. Um, but it, it gives us roughly kind of an average budget. And then what we end up doing over here is we end up putting your numbers that you would provide in your 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 budget, and we just kind of cross compare to to what the um, farm doc is. And so you know up here how we're evaluating this is that you know we're taking your APHs your you know the guarantee amount to get a total revenue acre this this formula through here bleeds into this per acre revenue and then you can fill in you know what what how many acres you have in each crop your coverage level and then this gives you kind of your total guarantee amount right here and then we start to kind of back into a line size um, on this uh, depending this isn't a foolproof plan so you know if everybody's trying to you know to hate on me over this this isn't a foolproof plan this is kind of a starting point point. and so we're saying if you're guaranteed 1.7 million of revenue um you know 90 percent of that 1.7 million is about 1.5 and if you if there's a reason why you need more um you know maybe you have grain that's held over you know whatever the case is you know we'll we'll evaluate that and take a look at it But typically, you know, in the last year or so, I've been seeing people need less, and so um, it's just been a couple good years of rebuilding working capital. So obviously, your working capital is your total, you know, uh, current assets minus current liabilities. It's really your cash or inventory. Um, So you may be able to sell some of the inventory, cash on side to not have uh, cash on hand to not have to borrow your line for next year's inputs. So that's really kind of where we start. Now I've put together. and so if you look at this, look, this is kind of what I'm saying is the difference between working capital. But, you know, let's just say this is all things considered, this is the best formula for who we got up here, ABC Farmer. Total expenses um, and I don't have term debt payments in here, but total expenses on the operating side are about one point seven. And we're looking to you know lend about one point five. Um, you know, where does this come from? Obviously, working capital, there's some, you know, obviously in the rent, that's, that's, uh, you know, some of that is paid with, you know, second half uh, rents paid with some of the, you know, October, November deliveries. Um, you can take your seed at times, and and you can take that and defer that out till till December. So, you know, I, I know that just because your expenses are 1.7 doesn't mean you need all of that in, in January 1st. And, and so those are some of the other reasons why we kind of take a look at it this way. But, Put things in perspective. So this is an so what I just went through is just kind of an overview of how we evaluate the, the, the operating side of things. Now to put things in perspective, here's the bottom side, and this is a, a tee up to my interest rate plan. So if you've tuned out and I've I've made it super boring at this point, I'm sorry. This is where you want to perk up. And so I have taken all of the estimated costs from the farm dock budget here and i've ranked them as far as um, per acre cost you know the increase from you know 2021 to 2022 and then what is it as a percentage of your budget and and this is where i want everybody to kind of get in perspective and you know and then especially as, as we start looking at rates and i get to my other plan so our biggest our biggest cost right now um you know, it's a 32% of our budget is this uh, land cost. And so FarmDoc is, you know, when they put this out was 286. I I would argue today that that's probably slightly higher, probably closer to the three, uh, you know, range, maybe even three, um, a tad over three, uh, you know, in in today's deal. So that's a, if we use FarmDoc numbers, that that increased your budget by 11%. Now, if you look at your next highest cost, we look at uh, fertilizer, that's 18% of your budget and that increased 125%. um your next cost seed i'm not going to go through every single one of them that's 11% of your budget chemicals you know 7% of your budget those went up 22% and then fuel went up 47% and that is about 2% of your budget so the, the yellow is the highest percentages that have increased from 2021 to 2022 and then they're ranked in, in what is the highest um, part of your budget. Now, a lot of people have been saying interest rates, where do we go with this? And, and one thing I just, I, 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 this is where I, when we get to the interest rate plan and what we're talking about, this is one thing I wanna just put in perspective and I've, I've broken it out into two categories. So I know that this 4% and 2% isn't 100% in line. Okay, when you put both of them together, it's a little bit higher. But I want to talk about operational side of things. Because if you look at your revolving line of credit, and I'm assuming that you borrowed basically all of this right up here, which really isn't the case. I'm assuming you've borrowed it all year long, maxed out your line, and it's at 5%. If you look at that at 5%, that comes out to 4% of your budget. Okay, If I take that and I stress that by 2%, that goes from four and a half to six percent of your budget. That throws you back up, but you're still beso- you're still behind land, fertilizer, seed, and Ken. So we got a lot of people calling us right now, freaking out about what should we do with the line of credit. And if you were to lock that today, that would be higher than what it is right now. Uh, and 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 really, I'm looking at this saying, you know, we're we're hammering pretty hard on some of this you know, interest rate discussion, but why are we not talking about land, fertilizer, seed, chemicals? And so, you know, as I look at that, if you want to talk about your operating with me and what we should do, I want to talk about what are we doing in these three categories as well. So, and the reason why I want to is because I think we can make greater headway maybe not in the land side, okay? So the land side is is a little bit of an anomaly, but can we make greater headway in the fertilizer, seed and chem side by utilizing this line of credit the correct way? And if you look at this and saying that, you know, these three categories make up a higher percentage of your budget of the line of credit, then it probably behooves us to to spend a little bit of time on this. and so, you know, here's where I'm kind of seeing, I'm really seeing about, um, you know, a million bucks. Uh, you know, I'm not quite seeing a full utilized, you know, line at this point, just because working capital strong. So if we really put it into what I think today's real world looks like for farmers on the operating side, we're really talking about 3% of your budget on your operating line. Now, where we get into um, the term debt and where we gotta be careful, that's about 2.3% of your budget And I'm going to say, I I think a majority of us farmers have got our term debt locked in in a stable situation where, you know, the average rate on that is roughly around four and a quarter. Maybe some of you did better where you're below that. But if you're set to reprice on some of this, and what I assumed on this one and a half million was roughly, you know, I I think I'm assuming around, you know, Seven, eight hundred, maybe nine hundred thousand on a 30 year with some, you know, land payments uh, on some recent land acquisitions. And then the remainder being on some equipment. Maybe you got a combine, a planter, a tractor, and combine, you know, something along those lines. I know everybody's going to be slightly different. But again, you know, this is revolved into farming about 2,000 acres. So, you know, if you look at all of this, this, this is where my budget, is, it, you know, example kind of falls into. So, you know, my, my personal observation is, is, I think on the term debt side, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time getting uh, refinancing, getting things kind of locked in on the right side there. If you're looking at purchasing new stuff, we need to analyze that, but this is the the revolving side where we're everybody's wanting to focus stuff on, you know, conversation on, and it's, you know, it's really about 3% of your budget. And if, I str- if rates were to, and this is the, this is the big big point here, Is it at 5% if rates went up to 7% floating on your line of credit, that goes from 3% to 4%. That affects 1% of your budget. That's only 1% of your budget on your operating line. And that's stressing at 2%. And, And so, and I'm not saying that that can't happen. I'm saying it probably could happen here in the near term, but we're talking about a 1% increase to a budget on a 2% increase r- interest rate. Where are we at up on this side? So that's just the perspective I have. Um, and I want you guys to be thinking about. So <clears throat> as we move back over into the final bit of this presentation, and we start looking at this interest rate plan, here's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, on the term debt side, I think we need to stay in this five to seven year period. Uh, you know, I I, I don't like I don't know if I really like locking into a 10 year plus period. I still think there's a little premium in going, you know, out farther than 10 years. Um, and I do feel that, you know, I, I, with everything that's going on with inflation and and, and everything that's, that, that we're reading on in the news, I do believe there's a recession on the horizon. And I think it gives us a period to, to kind of come back in on, on some of the purchases in the next two, three, four years to really evaluate that and say, you know, is this a, you know, is this a good time to reset some of this, you know, new, new term debt that we added in the last few years. So if you want, the reason why I like this five year, it provides us a little bit of stability to get through this uncertainty that we have in interest rates right now. Uh, But it does not, it's not locking you out at some of these higher rates that we've been seeing over the last, you know, six months um, for the next 20 years. So you know, on the term debt side, if you got to borrow some term debt, you got to term anything out. You're looking to, you know, you're looking to purchase a combine. I, I'm even saying if you're looking to purchase real estate, uh, I would do it on a five year adjustable or five year balloon, um, and and go from there. If your working capital is strong, that so that's the term debt side. Uh, this is really the the, the operating side. Um, if your working capital is strong, if you're in a positive working capital and that's that's fairly sizable, I'm telling you to ride ride the line out. And and so, you know, I, I you know, my dad is a was a huge REO Speedwagon fan when uh, when I was a, a kid. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to play on words of writing the storm out. I don't think I would take the line of credit and lock it. Because you're 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 taking dollars um, and you're already increasing them, you know, one and a half two percent to get that line locked. Um, and and you know, I don't know how long we're going to be in this, but I, I think I, if you're working capital strong, I'd leave the floating side alone the way you are right now, and I'd ride the I'd ride the line up. I wouldn't change anything. Now, if you have tighter working capital, the inv- you know the inverse I guess to that is that if you had tighter working capital and um, interest rates are going to really wreck your budget um, or you're really unner- uh, unnerving with that where you're borrowing a lot on the line. Um, let, you know, I would say, let's have a conversation. What, what makes sense? Should we, you know, back what I said in June on our conference, uh, should we lock 50% of that um, float the other 50%, you know, maybe something like that would, would make sense if you've got a little tighter working capital. But again, if you're strong in working capital, ride this thing out. Um, I would utilize your line to purchase inputs and off peak times. Now, this is what I'm really talking about when I say, let's take a look at the larger items of your budget. As I went through that, you know, line size worksheet, you know, is, do you have the ability to store or purchase P and K in late spring, you know, rather than the fall when everybody is, you know, a, a LP usually hits a low in April and October. Should you be buying it at that point in time? Um, you know, do you buy it in that point in time? You know, can we buy all of our N in August? Uh, borrow it on the line? Uh, Can we, you know, buy all of our seed in August and borrow it on the line? You know, one of the things that we saw last year is we came out with a seed and fertilizer special um, to allow, you know, uh, farmers to be able to take advantage of this. And we've had a couple of them say that it really saved them about a hundred bucks an acre when it was all said and done. So, you know, a lot of the times when you look at it and you're like, God, I got to borrow this, you know, money at 5%. Well, what are we saving on some of the yearly pay discounts? Is it 10? You know, we're making 5% there. It, sometimes it's even higher than that. So, you know, really with your, your fertilizer and your seed, we really need to be looking at when's the right time to be looking at those. You know, the other two, you know, buying your P&K and your gas. You know, I, I think everybody knows we're the right time to buy your gas if you're drying. P&K is kind of a swing factor, whether or not, you, you know, you can do that through your co-op or you can store it. Um, but take advantage of these you know these discounts in in august uh with your seed and fertilizer it's huge and then the last thing is that you know i, I you know my thought is is that you know there's a lot of times where we get into you know high um high income levels like we're probably going to see this year where we want to spend a lot of money on machinery to to, to not pay uncle sam but i i I honestly, I'm kind of saying pay the tax bill, preserve the cash. There's too much uncertainty to go get a bunch of new green paint, accelerate the depreciation and lose that just to save, you know, a little bit in the tax. So these are kind of, you know, as I look at the interest rate plan and how that, you know, affects, you know, me as a a farmer and a banker, um, in my thoughts, this is really how I think all of this goes into, you know, an interest rate plan. So I'm just going to review it real quick. You know if we're going to buy machinery, let's stay in the five to seven year period on the on the loan against it. If our working capital's strong, let's ride the line out. Uh, let's purchase inputs and off you know peak time, utilize the line to do so, save you know five, eight percent on some of the input costs. And then you know let's just not buy machinery to buy machinery. Let's take a look at really what the right plan is uh, to preserve some cash as we go to an uncertainty. Um, so the last uh, uh, little bit here, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, as a, as a wrap up is, uh, you know, if you need a farming banker, um, you know, give me a call. Uh, we think like farmers because we are farmers. You know, you can get in touch with me um, at www.farmingbanker.com. If you go there, there's links to all of, you know, my social media. Um, you know, German American State Bank, uh, you know, we're a, a community bank. We invest in the community. We treat, you know, our customers like family and we get stuff done. Uh, we have an ag team that's got a, you know tremendous amount of experience, and so um, you know if you're if you're not getting the service or the 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 you know progressive thoughts that you're wanting from your banking relationship, uh, reach out to me. We'd love to help you out. Uh, we can get somebody on our team or myself uh, to sit down with you, and uh, all my contact information to get a hold of me is at this website farmingbanker.com. So thanks a lot uh, uh, for tuning in and listening, Allendale. Thanks a lot for having me on. Um, and then anybody has any other questions or or you know, wants to have any more dialogue or, or conversations about this presentation, again, farmingbanker.com, reach out to me. I'd be glad to have a conversation. Thank you.